Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In the Bible, God promises many different blessings to His people. We may seek outward blessing of material prosperity or physical health, but of all the blessings He may bestow on us, the highest blessing is that He would become our portion. What is it to have God as our portion? This is our theme on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. We continue today in the book of Exodus and the remarkable journey of God's people out of the bondage of their worldly captivity and through the wilderness. Bob Danker is with us again, and Bob, we're diverting again a little bit today, specifically in this life study of Exodus, as we're going to look at Psalm 119 again. But this psalm fits very well into this examination of the law of God that was given in Exodus, doesn't it? It sure does, Matt. You know, the psalmists, of course, they were persons who were under the law. They were in the age of the law, and they wrote about the law and their experiences of of God through their interaction with God's law. And especially in Psalm 119, which has, what, 176 verses, we can see re- repeated references to God's law and how the psalmists interacted with God's law as God's word. And here we can see that the psalmists considered the law to be God's testimony, that is, the expression of what God is. And also they refer to the law as God's word. And we know that God's word is the very breath out of his mouth. So in the whole Bible, the reality of God's testimony and God's word is Christ. So through the law, as we see in Psalm 119, as God's living word, the psalmist tasted God and enjoyed God in many ways as his portion. Bob, we're going to begin today by once again considering the law or the commandments from the point of view of a testimony, a testimony of the person that gives or makes the law. Review this concept for us. That is, what do we mean that the laws of God show us God? This is a wonderful thought, Matt. A law, of course, is always a testimony or an expression of the person who makes the law. We may say that if a criminal were to make laws, probably he would legalize certain aspects of crime. You would see in his laws that he made the expression of the kind of person he is. Well, it is exactly the same with God. God is a divine lawgiver, and his law gives us his testimony, or you may say his law is a portrait of himself. So the law given by God shows that, first of all, God is a jealous God. That means he desires that men worship and love only him and not anything else as an idol. 
It also shows that he is a holy God, a loving God, a righteous God, a God who is truthful, a God who is pure. When we read God's law, we can actually see the kind of God who gave this law. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Let's go to Witness Lee for today's life study. These Ten Commandments were inscribed on two tablets, and these two tablets were put into the ark, so the ark is called the ark of testimony. And the ark was put into the tabernacle, so the tabernacle was called the tabernacle of testimony. In Psalm 119, there are other terms, such as statues, ordinances, even judgments. The law is the judgment, because the law judges what is wrong, what is right, who is of God, who is not of God, what is for God, who is not for God. You see, who can judge this? There's no uh, yardstick. God's word has not only been written, but also printed. Everywhere is God's word. Hallelujah. I tell you, in my study room, just English version, I have over 40 kinds of English translations of the Bible. Could you believe? Even if you go there, you could say, I have eight to nine Chinese versions. Today, the word of God is popular. Everywhere you have the word of God. Now, it depends upon how are you. Don't say fine, thank you. You must answer, I have a right heart. Amen. And a heart without problem. You just come into the realm of light. Because God is light. And his word is just his embodiment. The word of God is the embodiment of the divine light. So, the Bible says God is light. The entrance, the opening of the word is light because the word self is light. Then what? Light always brings in life. And life also produces light. It's hard to tell life first or light first. But anyhow, according to the Old Testament, light first, then light. According to the New Testament, light first, then light. Hallelujah. You have light, you have life, then life, the supply will become the very water. Then what will be the issue? The issue will be Restoration, then deliverance, then strengthening, comforting. You have to realize all these preceding blessings will lead us where? Into God. It is not just a bit of light. It is not just a amount of life. It's not some water with so many consequences, but it's God himself. God is our portion. Bob, this was a wonderful section dealing with God's word. 
There's many benefits derived from God's Word, and Witness Lee mentioned a few of them, but this has to be the highest, that it's possible through the Word to receive God Himself. What are the requirements on our side to be able to touch God in the Word as light and life? Well, Matt, I appreciate what uh, Witness Lee said. You know, over the centuries, God's Word has become so available to human beings on this earth. Anyone, nearly anyone, anywhere, can find and and have in his hand a Bible. It's truly remarkable. Amazing. But whether or not we receive the benefits when we read the Bible, it depends on our heart. So the primary requirement on our side is that our heart should be right and pure in seeking only God himself in his word. As we read Psalm 119, we see that psalmists derive many benefits from his reading of the law as God's word. But the sum total of all these benefits was just that he enjoyed God himself who's the reality of all these benefits. So when we come to the Word, we need to have a heart that is right with God and that is pure in seeking only God himself. We need a heart that is single, that is not divided between two or more things. We need a heart that does not have any hidden sins or offenses or opinions or concepts that would hinder us from contacting and enjoying God in his Word. There must be nothing between us and the Lord when we come to the Bible to read God's Word. If we have a proper heart, then every time we read the Word, we will enjoy God as light, as life, as living water, as restoration, as comfort, as strengthening, as so many items. God will truly be our portion. Amen, Bob. We're going to go on to look in this next section with Witness Lee at a marvelous reality. Uh, It's in Psalm 119, verse 57. The psalmist said, Thou art my portion, O Jehovah. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. At least you have one verse in Psalm 119 that the writer of the psalmist of this psalm tells us he enjoyed God himself as his portion. You are my portion, O Lord, because I keep your word. You are my portion. When you enjoy God himself, you just act to see his face. You like to see his countenance. Amen. The psalmist entreated, entreated what? The face of God. Mm. Lord, I entreat your countenance. He enjoyed the shining of God's face. The psalmist used this kind of sweet expression. Oh Lord, oh Lord, shine over me. Oh, may your face shine upon me. I like to enjoy the shining of your face. Not only your countenance, but a shining countenance. Where is your God? You tell me, where is your God? Right in you. 
I tell you, God is right with you. God is so available, so real, so real, so available. This is why we, the Christians, and the ancient psalmists, are not superstitious because we do enjoy something. You have hiding place. You have the shield. You enjoy God Himself. You enjoy His countenance. You enjoy His face shining. Then He becomes your hiding place. I like to learn how to hide myself in the Lord. The hiding place is for resistance. The shield is for fighting. To face the enemy. The psalmist tells us, Oh, my God is just my portion. Amen. If I have him, I have everything. Actually, all the blessings are not something apart from him. No. All the blessings are just different attributes, different virtues of this one living God. Now, what is well-dealing? According to my experience, it is. Well-dealing always fits in God's purpose and our need. Some may say, why, God, you give me such a wife? You have infinite descendants. This is a good wife. This is just what you need. The wife, the same thing. Why, Lord, you give such a husband? The question has not been finished. You got the answer already. You see? God gives you such a husband. That is his well-doing. His intention is good. His motive is pure. God is so real. If you don't put God into a situation, I tell you, the human life is altogether an empty dream. It's just a dream. But if you would receive God and put Him into your situation, everything, I tell you, becomes different. Then you can testify that God is your portion. Bob, the psalmist was able to boldly declare that God is my portion. In order to make such a declaration in a real way, that means to us he is very real, very available, and the main focus of our enjoyment, to have this kind of appreciation of God means that he must be available and real to us in many kind of situations. How do we bring him into our situations, as Witness Lee suggested? Well, Matt, I really uh, am enlightened by Witness Lee's speaking about God. First of all, he says God is real. That means he's substantial and solid. We think about so many things in the universe. They come and they go. Are they real? They're not like God, 
who is constant and unchanging. God is real. He is the solid reality in the universe. But this real God is available to us. This is an encouraging word, isn't it? That God is available. He's not far away from us. He's always with us. And if we are a believer in Christ, he is actually in us. So he is the reality of all the positive things in this universe. Although we cannot see or touch him with our physical senses, he's always present. He's always near, and he's always available to us. As Witness Lee pointed out, if we don't put God into our situation, our human life is just an empty dream. It has nothing real in it. You know, a dream has nothing real in it. It's just some kind of imagination. This is our human life without putting God into our situation. God being so real and available means we can put him into our situation. What situation? How about our married life? Our married life is part of our situation. Our family life is part of our situation. Our professional life is part of our situation. If we're Christian, our church life is part of our situation. We need to put God into our human situations. Then our life will be full of God as the reality, as something solid and substantial. It will not be an empty dream. It will be full of love, full of light, full of life, full of righteousness, peace, joy, patience, all kinds of positive things which are solid and real in our life. So only when God is our portion, when he is our enjoyment in many aspects, then our life is no longer an empty and vain life. Every aspect of our life can be full of God as the reality, as a solid and substantial reality, as our portion, as our enjoyment. Well, Bob, we're going to go to Witness Lee for our final section here, but I just want to underscore that in this life study, our burden is that God could be real, that God could become our portion. And I hope our listeners, as they're listening right now, would experience God in a real way. Let's go to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's program. If you enjoy God so much, I tell you, He becomes your wisdom. He becomes your understanding, and he becomes your discernment, and he becomes in your knowledge. The more you enjoy God, the more understanding you have. You have to realize four things here. Wisdom, understand, discernment, knowledge. Knowledge is knowing. I know. Dick Taylor's name is Dick Taylor. This is my knowledge about this person. Knowledge is something you learn. Wisdom is not something you learn. It's something within you, not in a superficial way, but in a very deep way. Mostly, I believe, from your spirit. It's higher than knowledge. It's deeper than knowledge. It's more capable the knowledge, I tell you, understanding needs both wisdom and knowledge. Discernment needs wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. 
as long as we enjoy the Lord. We experience the Lord. We have the wisdom. We have the understanding. We have the knowledge. And we have the discernment. If you enjoy the Lord through the word, if you daily get into the word to enjoy the Lord, I tell you, you will be preserved from these three things. From sinning, from going astray, and from being stumbled. So, your footsteps will be established and you will be an overcomer. Nothing will have any dominion over you. I tell you, this is the enjoyment of God through his living word. If our contact with the Bible does not give us this kind of reapings, the reapings are blessing. I tell you, our contact with the Bible must be somewhat wrong. The proper contact, the adequate contact with the Word of God must bring us into all these blessings. It's quite meaningful. Hallelujah. We enjoy His enlightenment. We enjoy his life impartation. We enjoy his watering, the restoring, the delivering, all the things to enjoy himself. Then we have the wisdom, the understanding, the discernment, and knowledge. Then we will be preserved from any evil way. And we will be established and we will be above everything. We will be the overcomer. Well, Bob, we're brought to quite a peak today. That's by the genuine and real enjoyment of God as our portion in the Word and by the Spirit. We experience Him not just as our Savior, but as our day-by-day salvation, enabling us to, as Witness Lee said, overcome. Bob, what about this term, overcomer? What does the Bible say about overcomers, and is that really God's expectation for His people? Well, yes, Matt, I believe God's expectation is that all his people will be overcomers. And I appreciate what uh, Brother Lee said here, that if we enjoy God as our portion by coming to his word with a seeking heart, a pure heart that just desires God himself, and we exercise our spirit to contact the divine spirit through the word, then what God is will become a reality in our life and in our very person. We will gain and enjoy God as our portion. This will make us a very particular kind of person. It will make us a person who partakes of God's salvation in a full way. We'll be saved from everything, from sin, from self, from the world, from Satan, from all negative things. We will be persons who are literally above everything. Nothing will be above us suppressing us and holding us in bondage. You know, uh, all the people of this earth are under some kind of bondage. And even as a Christian, it's possible for us to be dominated by some kind of negative things. But the way for us to overcome all negative things and rise up to the level that God desires for us is just to continually come to the Word of God and receive what God is through his word. Receive all these 
spiritual benefits and blessings that we can receive through the Word of God. All these blessings, of course, uh, love, light, all these things that we have named here uh, are really God himself. So, as we said uh, before, we repeat here that through the Word, God becomes our portion. If we enjoy God as our portion, we will become an overcomer. And an overcomer is not a super-Christian, but a normal Christian, a Christian who is what God intends Christian to be. And, of course, the book in the Bible that speaks a lot about them is the book of Revelation. In the first few chapters, you can see overcoming is mentioned numbers of times. We need to be overcomers, but we can't be in ourselves. There's no possibility for us to overcome all the negative things. The only way is by coming to the Word of God and receiving God and enjoying Him in all these different aspects that Witness Lee mentioned in this message, enjoying Him as our portion. This will spontaneously cause us to overcome. I appreciated what you said, Bob, that just to be an overcomer is to be a normal Christian. Watchman Nee had a popular book named The Normal Christian Life. To be normal Christians is just to be overcoming Christians, enjoying the Lord as our portion. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us today, Bob, and uh, thank you also for listening, and we hope you'll join us again as we continue the life study of Exodus. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Did you know that you can now enjoy the writings of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee on your PC or Mac, tablet, e-reader, or smartphone? Just go to lsm.org slash ePublications to find out more. Again, that's lsm.org slash ePublications. And thanks for listening today.